Hi, I'm Sean Healy, and you're listening to Tools. Hi everyone, Sean Healy, NLP trainer and change agent here, and welcome to episode 78 of Sean Healy Tools, a podcast designed to support entrepreneurial couples, people in business partnership, uh, and anyone looking for more tips, tools, and strategies to add to the quality of your life. So welcome to today's episode, episode 78. Um, This episode has specific meaning for me. I'm doing this as a tribute to two of my family members that have passed in the last six months, my uncle Peter and my auntie Noan. Um, And I thought I'd do this um, because um, I'm certainly no expert in grief and grief management. I will state that up front, Um, but um, I have been around it enough to notice that there's certain things that transpire, um, and I'm not just talking about my immediate family system by any means. I'm, you know, with the people I work with and support, um, I'm peripherally um, in contact with people who are losing loved ones, and then what can sometimes happen um, as a result, the fallout that can follow in the family system as a result of us um, dealing with our grief poorly. Um, so that's why I thought I'd do this episode uh, ar- around um, the symptoms of how a family manages grief, in particular, how a family um, can manage grief in very poor ways. So that instead of keeping the focus on our own pain and our own sense of loss and creating healthy rituals to work through that um, and, and you know not trying to rush through the grief or mask over it or distract it, but really be present with it. Um, you know, and and embrace that as part of a holistic a- aspect where we're we're not dodging our our pain and our sense of loss. We're honouring it. We're nurturing it, um, and we're also really celebrating um, the things that we really loved and enjoyed, and 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 how privileged we felt to um, uh, to to have certain people f- um, share for the time that they did in our lives their their their, their gift of their presence. So. I wanted to look at some of the ways in which um, accidentally or inadvertently a family system can actually, um, what what you actually find is that death, births, marriages, these kinds of um, experiences in a family system um, really uh, can add to the anxiety levels of the family or they can create moments of openness and readjustment in a family system so that a family system can look to connect more deeply, to be closer to one another, or unfortunately in some instances um, we'll find ourselves being, as a result of certain experiences, being pushed even further apart. So we have to be very mindful that any significant change in a family system, and research has shown that doesn't mean necessarily a negative change, a positive change too can be something that that creates um, certain problematic aspects um, within a system. Um, So what are we looking at here? What are some of the symptoms? Um, Some of the things that can transpire is, um, you know, unresolved rifts in family systems or um, can start to resurface. If there was an unresolved dynamic between the parents um, and they've passed over, then that then becomes um, 
an unresolved dynamic that the siblings can then uh, find themselves dealing with. So I often see that there's an increase in sibling conflict um, once the parents um, uh, have uh, are, are no longer on, um, in physical kind of presence with us, that we can find that uh, one of the ways in which people manage that is that we become over-focused on what other people are doing. Um, we can become over-irritated and increasingly reactive and intolerant around other people's behaviours. So we start to over-focus on what others are doing instead of staying present with what we need to be doing for ourselves. And and when we've kind of, you know, the anxiety levels are up, the grief levels are up, this makes us prone to more um, emotive, reactive, um, dictatorial kinds of responses to others. I'm sick of what you're doing there. You need to do it this way. You, you know, we can lose our sense of kind of how to speak truth with kindness and patience. And, and rather, because of anxiety, we start to speak with too much intensity. We start to speak um, in too much of a a dictatorial way rather than an inclusive way. So we can start to overfixate on what other people are doing um, as a way of kind of managing it. Um, we can, like I said, our reactivity tends to be uh, heightened or what we find is that if certain rifts um, start to surface um, as a result of, you know, kind of the change in the family system, then we can find ourselves being inadvertently drawn into, you know, pulled to one side or another. Um, whose side are you on? Your, your brothers or your sisters? Um, you, you know, you, you need to take a stand. Um, you know, who, whose behaviour in the family do you think is appropriate and whose is completely out of order? You know, so we can find these real polarised views can emerge. Um, you know, we can have very different ideas about how to manage and approach our grief. Some of us um, have a preference of being very introspective and not wanting to necessarily talk about the person or become distracted in manic activity. Um, and others of us are looking for every opportunity to kind of speak and, 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 and remember. Um, and, there, you know, we have to have tolerance for, for the way each of us is doing it. And even if we find that a family member is not managing their guilt and grief and um, um, or whatever it is that, that's been brought up by the transition um, as, effective as effectively as we like, there's, there's not much we can do about that. Um, you know, we can't control the behaviours of others. All we can do is, is continue to come back and focus on ourselves. Um, and, you know, we can, you know, that's that element of self-awareness where we go, why am I finding this person's behaviour so irritating right now? Um, you know, am I using that as a distraction from being present with my own pain, tuning into my own uh, emotional needs right now and working out how I need to do that? You know, if you're becoming overly responsible for others as a response, you're running around managing everybody else's grief, um, you know, holding, holding up being the strong, stoic, functional one so that, you know, everyone else around you is able to collapse. Um, then it's it's also recognizing when we're going too far in that process. You know, it, it's great that we can be caring and supportive and present and functional um, and support people, but if we get too locked into those behaviors and we're not allowed to show our own pain or we don't feel um, that that we can because people are already dealing with enough, so I'll, I'll hold back my emotions, um, then that really comes at a cost uh, to, to us. And, and true intimacy 
with our family is the ability to both be able to show our competent side and our vulnerable and weaker aspects too. You know, um, we're, we're not getting locked into um, just the falling apart side and unable to function and, and, and you know, life stops, at, at, you know, because we can't move past the experience. Um, and, and that can sometimes mean that if we go too deeply in, into one type of response, we become too fixed in it, then we force others around us to take up the polarity, you, you know, as a result of somebody collapsing into total underfunction and they, they can't get out of bed for weeks at a time and they can't move past the experience and they're swamped with grief and guilt and, and, and um, spraying that out everywhere. Um, and as a result, those around them have to, have to uh, feel like they're forced into even more competence and even more functioning to pick up the slack, which then means that they're not able to, to necessarily meet their own needs because now we're focused on, you know, how on earth. And then we, 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 we fixate our worry on this person that's gone into chronic underfunctioning. How, you know, I'm so worried about such and such. How are they going to get through um, while we busily, um, you know, take up the complete opposite response rather than find somewhere in, in between and gently start to encourage and draw people back into back into functioning. Um, and if people aren't doing that, then probably they need to seek the expertise of a, of a counsellor and someone who, who really um, has a great knowledge of, of kind of the grieving process and, and what, it, uh, what it requires to take people through. Um, so, you know, like I said, we're really watching, you know, you know be, because we can get over-focused on what everybody else is doing as a, as a way of coping or not staying present with the, you know, what we're experiencing side, you know, and, and we're losing our sense of objectivity around what's going on. We're becoming um, overly emotive um, and, and uh, our emotivity is overtaking the clarity of our thinking. You, you know, we're, we're not able to um, think clearly through it, um, create space for our emotional process but still leave room to competently focus on self-care and and uh, deal with our own personal needs. So, you know, I, I don't want this to be, this, this, there's a lot to kind of say on this, but it really is, you know, the fundamental message to kind of take away from this is, you know, be, be advised that, you, you know, un, unfortunately due to a loss in the family system, this can be a time that leaves the family system uh, vulnerable to certain unresolved conflicts being pushed to the surface and unfortunately at those moments if those conflicts those unresolved conflicts surface we're probably not in our best space to deal with them in you know bring our best thinking to it bring our best calmness to it bring our best objectivity to it and um, uh, so we have to be really really mindful of those things and and if needs be we, we, we might, you know, if certain um, unresolved issues in the family have suddenly jumped to the surface, um, you know, maybe there's been a sibling who's been very un, un, um, under-involved in the family, they're hardly ever around, they, they, they haven't really done much towards, um, you know, they haven't really been very involved in, in the whole process, especially if it's a protracted one where someone has, um, uh, you know, um, their functionality and their health have been decreasing over a period of time. And, and, you know, we're resentful because one of the siblings hasn't picked up the slack and hasn't been as present. Um, we have to be really, really careful and think about the long-term health and repair of our relationships and, and just be mindful if we're having challenging conversations around these, this time 
um, we, we really have to take extra care um, and we have to be prepared to call timeouts if we feel like our, ourselves or the person we're talking to, we're not coming from a place of calm around this right now. And, and, and so it might be that we go, hey, let's just work on how we can support ourselves and each other in the best and healthiest way possible um, and leave room for everybody's right to kind of grieve in their own kind of way. Um, we're not getting overly focused on, on what others are doing around this period of time. Um, like I said, we really are bringing it back home, back in under our own skin and going, what do I need to do for me right now? Because the more we can be a demonstration of how to process and be present with challenging emotional experiences and with, with, with aspects of grief and, and um, we're working on ways to kind of really um, um, cherish the memory of those people that we love dearly who crossed, crossed over. Um, that, you know, how do we do that in our best possible way and then we can worry about others. It's kind of like the, you know, the, um, um, the, the airline emergency analogy where the gas, you know, the, the oxygen masks drop out of the ceiling under turbulence and your instruction is put your own mask on first before you worry about anybody else. So we're doing our, you know, not only ourselves but our entire family system uh, a real duty of care by really making sure that that we are staying present with what's going on for us, we are working out a strategy for how we're going to best manage um, the next phase and the grief and the loss and the sadness and all those things that are going to come up um, and how we're going to work through that in the most healthy kind of way and, and work out those rituals for honouring and remembering those that are deeply important to us. Um, and then we can start to think about how else we can be in a calm um, way present for others and and do what we can to support them through their loss but not at the um, at the expense of ourselves. because ideally these are moments if managed well where we come out of these experiences closer as a family unit you know we get to know each other more as a family unit we get to have deeper intimacy and connection as a family unit if we're using this tragic time um, to its to its best um, purpose of advancing greater health and closeness in the overall family system that we come from. So I hope today has brought up some, um, uh, given you some interesting things to um, to think of. Like I said, it's it's been very present in my life experience of, of late, not only in my own family system, but but certainly in um, people around me and clients around me. Um, so I thought it might be interesting to pop some thoughts out around those uh, those elements just to help people navigate that time for themselves and their family system as elegantly as possible when we're going through a really challenging phase. So um, as always, my, uh, you know, my deepest thoughts to you, my best wishes for your life success um, through all of the kaleidoscope of life experiences, but, you know, and, and, and you know, both the most amazing and profound and then those deeply challenging moments and, and how all of it adds to the rich, rich texture of our life experience. Um, so, you know, I'm really hoping that this uh, helps in some way or generates some thinking or some planning sometimes that, that helps our system, like our family system, to really come together in a wonderful kind of way rather than pulling apart at, at these challenging moments. 
Um, and apart from that, thank you very much, as always, for listening to the episode. If you've been following along uh, since uh, the, the beginning, as always, my profoundest gratitude. If you're just joining us, welcome. Uh, the way you can support the show and its reach is to go to iTunes, download, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. It helps to get these kinds of, I think that there are really valuable skills um, that um, need to be uh you know, more and more, if we can get these skills out into culture, I think it really adds to the overall growth uh, of our, of um, you know, our planetary existence. Um, and that's not just me. I'm not saying that by any means. There's some wonderful people out there doing amazing work. Um, and, and also, you know, you're welcome to um, come and say hi. If you've got ideas for episodes, by all means, um, reach out to me, emergencetraining.com.au is the website. And if you want, I've also got a YouTube series, Sean Hilly, the Relationship Resource ser Resourcing Series on YouTube, where we're looking at some of the same kind of elements, um, only you get to see my head as well. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to um, to have you listening, really grateful that you, you know time is precious. And so when people take the time out to listen, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Um, so thank you again for that. And um, until next episode, bye for now.